of the pens and the best pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Let's take a good look at what the Penguins' options are here in 2018. They are not going to trade Crosby, Malkin, or Murray. Obviously. And no matter what you think they should do, the Penguins are not going to trade Chris Letang. They just aren't. And Letang would be very difficult to move for decent return given his limited no-trade clause, his current form, and his recent medical history. If Sprong pans out, they would like to trade Phil Kessel. But that's not going to fall into place anytime soon. The trade they made for Ryan Reeves isn't hurting the team. You think it is, but it's not. Sunquist has zero goals in St. Louis. That's one less than Reeves. It doesn't matter who the fourth line right wing is, and the Penguins feel Reeves is doing his job. You could trade Hornquist very easily, but he's a rental, so you wouldn't get much, and the Penguins have nobody to do what Hornquist currently does, the physical stuff. They've tried to trade Ian Cole, but obviously didn't get the deal they wanted. And right now you need Cole. You need Cole because Hunwick ain't good. Alexiak ain't good. Corrado ain't good. Ruedel ain't good when he's healthy. You got Schultz and Latang hurt, although they may return tonight. But at any rate, I don't trade Ian Cole. Now, given all that reality, what should the Penguins do? What can the Penguins do? 412-333-9939. I hear dumb suggestions like trade Jari. What return would Jari bring? And then, who's the backup goalie? Eighty-four Lumber, your hometown building partner since 1956. We've had a lot of calls lined up today. I haven't yet taken one. And that's what makes me better than anybody else. Because I know it's not about the caller. It's not even about the guest. It's about me, my tested IQ of 166, and my oozing, oozing charisma. I wish you could be here right now. It's just oozing, oozing all over the place. Oozing, I say. Uh, regarding the Penguins' options, everybody expects a big deal to be made as a precursor to winning the Stanley Cup because of the Francis and Ulf deal in 91 and the Taka deal in 92 and getting Billy Garrett in 09. But if I'm Jim Rutherford, I make a minor deal for a center and then concentrate on getting my ducks in a row for 2018-19. If this year's Penguins are going to dig out, it's going to be organic and mostly because the stars kick into gear. I laugh when I hear the B team say, as they did today, Jim Rutherford has done a terrible job with this team. A, it's a tough job, and B, he just won the last two Stanley Cups. I got an idea for the B team. Why not take an honest look at the Pirates for a change? I heard one guy today say that if Zari wins tonight, maybe we have a goaltending controversy. Maybe there's stuff I don't understand and I shouldn't talk about, but wow, if that's how little your understanding of hockey is, y you shouldn't talk about it. 412 333 9939 is the number to call. 
I am live at the Double L Bar tonight in Millville. They love me in Millville. Millville, part of the Shaler School District, where I attended. And uh, I would rate the districts in the Shaler School District in the following pecking order. Number one, no doubt, Reserve Township, where I grew up, the Beverly Hills of the Shaler School District. Number two, Millville, where I'm going to be tonight. Gritty, good people, and most important, there are more bars in Millville per person than any other place in the state. And I'm not kidding. More bars in Millville per person than any other place in the state of Pennsylvania. And tonight I'm at the double L right on the main drag, Grand Street. And then after that, Aetna number three, because of the one real good pizza place at the bottom of the hill. What What's that place called? And number four, Shaler. That's where all the football players who go 0-11 come from, Shaler. The other three boroughs at the Millville Reserve, we just get in the van in the parking lot behind the school and get high. Ask Heather Abraham. Uh, four, one, okay, so I'm at the Double L Bar tonight. Going to watch the Penguins and Flyers and drink beer and talk hockey. Please do join me for my first viewing party of the new year, 2018, at the Double L Bar in Millville. I'll be getting there around 6.45 p.m. Some bad things happen to Pittsburgh occasionally. This might be the worst. I'm having to compose myself emotionally before I talk about this. The original Primanti brothers in the Strip District got robbed last night at gunpoint. By God, in Pittsburgh, that should be a capital crime. What's that Stone song? It ain't no hanging matter. It ain't no capital crime. Oh, Strike Cat Blues. Well, this is the Primanti Brothers Blues robbing that place. It's a landmark. It should be a capital crime. And if anyone provides evidence that leads to the arrest and conviction of the man who robbed Primanti's last night, I will buy him a colossal fish sandwich at Primanti's and an order of retro tots. No, make it a double order of retro tots. In fact, colossal fish, cheesesteak, double retro tots, two beers from me. If you find out who robbed the place, we bring them in, we take them down the basement in the station and beat the hell out of them. I mean, I'm sorry, arrest and convict them. That's what we need. Let justice's wheels spin ever so fine in this case. Rob Primanis. That takes some balls. 412-333-9939. I'm already getting a couple tweets about the notion of trading Phil Kessel. Phil's done a great job here. He's their MVP this year. Once Sprong pans out, he's the same player as Phil. A lot cheaper, too. You don't need two guys who play like that. You almost can't have two guys who play like that. Just saying, don't be too attached to guys because they helped you win the Stanley Cup. Then again, I wish they had Benino and Cullen and Hainsey and Daly and Kunitz and Flurry. And how about the Las Vegas Golden Knights? Them making the playoffs is going to be one of the best sports stories in recent memory. And imagine if they could, could win a round 
or win two rounds or win the whole thing. Imagine if Mark Andre Fury would go there and win a cup. But like I keep saying, and to some of the guys who play there that I know, the game plan should be to trade your pending restricted free agents, unrestricted rather, and they got a ton of them, especially on D, and build for the long term. But with the season they're having, they can't do that. I don't know what plan B is. Maybe you sign some of those UFAs ASAP. That's a good problem to have. I'll never forget, uh, you guys remember Rick Kehoe, the all-time great Penguin, uh, coach for a little bit, now a scout for the New York Rangers. Uh, Kehoe told me at the beginning of the season to watch out for the Knights because they have speed and they have a good coach in Jerry Gallant. And sure enough, that's the way it's turned out. My God, those guys are 26-9-2. That is just quite incredible. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. You know, we barely talked about James Harrison today. What the hell am I thinking? 105.9 X. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius. I love the show. What he likes ain't legal nowhere, but Medellin. The X at 105.9. We got Stan Saverin in about uh, 15 minutes. I haven't taken one call yet today. We've had him lined up, but I've ignored it because nothing compares to me. Why would I have a conversation with you when I could have a conversation with me? If I could, I'd run across a beach into my own arms. Uh, a lot of arguments are out there regarding Harrison, because that's still the topic du jour. And these arguments are flawed. For example, he should have played in place of Dupree, because Dupree sucks. Okay, except Dupree's not that bad. He's adequate, no better, but he's also 15 years younger than Harrison, it can handle a bigger workload. Plus, which Harrison plays the other side, the one opposite Dupree, and Harrison obviously can't play every dot. Here's another flawed argument. Harrison should have moved inside when Shazier got hurt. Swear to God, I've heard that. Harrison just doesn't play inside. He's too old and slow to adjust. Heck, Harrison is just too old, period. 39, that's too old. And then there's the generic stuff like, Harrison can still do this. Harrison can still do that. Well, how do you know specifically? Because you didn't see Harrison practice every day. Tomlin did. Butler did. Porter did. The Steelers did. You did not. Uh, Like I keep saying, the Steelers did nothing wrong with the way they used or treated Harrison and I know that's true for sure because they're 13-3 and three and set a team record for sacks. And you or anyone being a Harrison fanboy doesn't change 13-3. and three. It doesn't change 56 sacks. People talking about respect. Harrison got disrespected. Like they're Aretha Franklin or somebody. But... Uh, A, respect is a two-way street, and B, you can't let respect get in the way of 13-3, which it might not have 
giving Harrison more snaps by way of perceived respect, but why take a chance? If you're a real Steeler fan, you should be perfectly content with the way this season has turned out so far. Uh, the Tomlin press conference was today. He said if the Steelers played this weekend, both Antonio Brown and B.J. Finney would be questionable. Uh, although he noted that Antonio Brown is making progress. Some coaching notes. Uh, Arizona has asked for and received permission from the Steelers to interview offensive line coach Mike Munchak for their head coaching job, made vacant by Bruce Arians retiring. I mean, really legit retiring this time. And after the game on Sunday, Todd Haley fell and got hurt, but he's expected to be back in the office for a full slate of preparations this week. I wonder why the Steelers felt the need to release information on Haley having fallen. They put out a, a, a little news blurb. Wonder why. I mean, if he's going to be okay to be at the office all week, why did we need to know he fell? Oh, well. Get well taught. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, since we last spoke, well, it's a new year. And Liverpool Football Club have won twice since we last spoke. Uh, a late goal to beat Leicester City 2-1. to and a goal in stoppage time to beat Burnley 2-1. to one. Uh, That was the best part of my holidays. The holidays this year, I really wasn't feeling it. For Christmas, my birthday, whatnot, just wasn't feeling it. I ate way too much. I'm definitely on a diet now. Sunday was glorious. A Belgian waffle at Piper's Pub. And at Primanti's, a colossal fish sandwich and retro tots. And then Saturday, the day before, veal parmigiana, pasta, pepperoni rolls at Monticello's on Babcock Boulevard. So now it's time to sweat to the oldies, uh, I suppose. I'm getting a little stick on Twitter because I suggested that extra gum commercial should have, like, dirty cartoons. What's wrong with that? Spice things up a little bit. We are getting so boring. So scared to talk, to, to 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 think. Just we're a scared society right now, and it really is very sad. Let's go to Jerry. First call of the day, Jerry in the car. Jerry, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, happy New Year, uh, Double M. How are you? Man? Thank you, Jerry. Hey, uh, I just wanted to get your reaction uh, on the, the game there where uh, Clareton's Tyler Boyd, man, knocks out the Ravens and sends the Bills to the playoffs. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool, man, the reaction. And then uh, they're pretty much being uh, a cult hero up there, him and uh, Andy Dalton. I have very mixed emotions, Jerry, because I'm a big Tyler Boyd fan. And that was a heck of a play to help the Bengals beat the Browns at the death in that game where Baltimore had to win to make the playoffs. I'm glad to see Baltimore humiliated and missed the postseason, but don't you feel like they would have been capable of at least giving New England a good game after pulling an upset in the first round? And now don't you feel like the wild card games are drab because Buffalo and Tennessee don't have a chance? Although, I'm glad to see Buffalo get in because, speaking of pit guys, I'm glad to see uh, LaShawn McCoy, Shady. Uh, they think he can play. He got hurt in the game on Sunday. 
but I'm glad to see him in the postseason. Good for Shady. Yeah, I mean, I hope he can make it. Uh, they're saying he's questionable right now, maybe a game-time decision. But, uh, you know, I, I still think they can go in there, man. Blake Bortles, two games in a row, has played pretty bad. Um, their defense in Buffalo is no pretty chance. good. No chance, bro. No chance. The wild card games are locks, but thank you for the call. Uh, by the way, Buffalo fans have donated more than 100 k to Andy Dalton's charity since the Bengals helped the Bills snap uh, their playoff drought, which is kind of heartwarming and pathetic at the same time. Up next, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. It's Stan Saverin, right here on 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Does your girlfriend want to bang a penguin? Well, dang, but I guess if that's your freebie, then my freebie would be Crosby. But, uh... Wait, what? The X at 105.9. Here's some hot news from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Todd Haley was shoved down outside a bar near Heinz Field on New Year's Eve. It resulted in a hip injury. Todd Haley's a jackass. What on earth is he doing at a bar near Heinz Field after a game on New Year's Eve? For the love of God, be smarter than that. Joining me now, the man who's smarter than just about anybody. He is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media from AT&T Sportsnet TV and ESPN Radio. He is Stan Saverin. Stan, uh, what's your take on this Haley story? It's breaking news. If I'm the Steelers' offensive coordinator, I'm just not going to put myself in a position for that to happen. What say you? Yeah, I mean, you know, these guys, the public figures, they have a right to go to a bar. They have a right to go to a restaurant. Uh, but right after a game, chances are, especially on New Year's Eve, on top of that, you know, what are you going to run into? Um, I did the post-game show. And the only exposure I got was from the stadium to my car and then home. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's one of the things when you are a public, per, uh, public figure, you know this, um, whether it's your right or not, and your right to be like any other citizen, you have to understand that that's part and parcel, that the attention you get, the money you get, you do have to give something up. And if that means that you keep yourself out of those situations, then it's a small price to pay. Stan, uh, we'll get back to the Steelers in a minute, but I want to talk about the Penguins. Big game at Philadelphia tonight. Heck, they all seem big, given the Penguins' precarious position in the standings right now. What move can the Penguins make to dig out, Stan? Because I honestly don't see one. Well, I would say, first of all, light a bomb in the, in the locker room. Um, I understand the lay, lay, uh, the hangover. I understand that they're fatigued. But even with all that, they should be better than this. There's they too they much should count. be better more often than this. Uh, right. The hangover excuse shouldn't apply every night, nor should the fatigue. Uh, especially when you consider some of the teams that not only are they losing to, but are putting forth desultory efforts. So that's the first thing. When they lost to Anaheim, Mark, and I think everybody had high hopes that, you know, the win over Columbus, although they gave back a point to the Blue Jackets, all right, that would be the catalyst, and they turned in one of the worst performances in recent memory against Anaheim. It became clear to me that this is what they are. I still think that they're better than this, but I tweeted out, and I don't often do this if I'm not actually working, that Jim Rutherford has to be careful not to have a knee-jerk reaction to blow up what will still be a cup-contending team next year in an attempt to salvage this year. 
I'm not saying this year is lost, but I don't want to see him take uh, a, a tractor and excavate this group at the expense of next year or the couple of years, because they've got a still a window of opportunity here, because it looks like this year just may not be their year. And I don't want him to make a huge, major excavation to finish seventh uh, you know, in the playoffs this year. I don't think that's a wise move. I agree, Stan. I think if the Penguins are going to dig out this year, it's got to be organically and internally. The Stars got to get going. It's not really about a trade. There's no question about that. Do they need some help in certain areas? Absolutely. But, you know, we talk about a third-line center. Um, and, yes, there's a need for that. But you know what? If Crosby and Malkin and top six players don't begin to play up to potential, you could get Wayne Gretzky as your third-line center, and it's not going to make any difference. Like you said, it's got to start organically. It's got to start within. Um, if that happens, then you've got an opportunity to better yourself fine. But don't blow it up because, to be honest with you, as much as I would love to see it and witness history again, I didn't think they had a legit chance to, to win a, a third uh, a cup in succession. I'd hope for more than this. And once you get in the playoffs, who knows what kicks in. But, I mean, realistically, I don't think that I don't think it's a realistic expectation. Stan, the scariest thing happening currently with the Penguins is I've never seen Sidney Crosby so non-threatening. No yeah. goals in six games, and Sid isn't often even coming close. Mark, I might be a little bit off on the numbers, but I think he's only he has had no shots on goal in three or four of the last eleven. He's had one or fewer in five or six of the last eleven. And I realize that stats don't often tell the story, but you can't score if you don't shoot. Um, I wouldn't say he's disengaged, but, you know, it's interesting. He lowered his plus-minus down to about a minus-6, minus-7. It's back up to a minus-13. And I know that plus-minus isn't the end-all or be-all, but you know what? They only have one player outside of Sprong who's played one game who's at even one, and that's Riley Shahan. He's the only forward that's even even on this club. That's got to say something. Stan, what's your first impression of Daniel Sprong after a season debut on Saturday? Uh, no goals but six shots, and he appeared to have the motor going, didn't he? Yeah, he comes as advertised. We saw him earlier. You know, the th you know the thing I like best, Mark? Not only the six shots on goal, every single one hit the net. Uh, I think one of their biggest failings is accuracy. We know that their, their shooting percentage is awful, but I think something that's happened here in this culture, they're having so much trouble scoring goals. How many times have you seen them go with a shot pass, looking for a deflection? Um, now, they have some skilled guys at doing that. Sid, Hornquist, they're great at doing that, even Gensel, but I see it way too often. Their shots on goal versus shots attempted, the percentage is not high enough. And that's the thing I like best about what I saw of Sprong the other night. Six shots, six shots on goal. Stan, will the Penguins make the playoffs? Yes. Uh, I, I still think that, uh, you know, it's a down year. I, I, just, I, you know, I, I just, I think it's tough to manufacture that kind of effort. But I see the teams ahead of them. Um, and while the gap between the Penguins and them is not nearly as great as it once was, I still see them as, as, as a better team than the Wings or the Islanders or teams like that. Yes, I do think they'll make the playoffs.
We're talking to Stan Saverin. He's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Stan, I, I want to talk a little Steelers, and I don't really want to talk James Harrison, but I think we're contractually obligated. Uh, that saga is not going away, is it? No, it won't be. And um, uh, the dynamic of that story, uh, you know, changed radically. Uh, one local writer said, I'm rooting for the Patriots now, until, of course, the story came out and what was going on internally over there. Uh, when he sent out that Instagram post um, saying that I didn't sign up to sit around and I am a competitor and blah, 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 and aren't I tough and aren't I a competitor? Well, I am too, but you know what? Sometimes things don't go your way. In my career and your career, sometimes things don't go your way, and you have to find a, a way to deal with it or to improve your situation. You don't sulk and you don't pound. When I put that out there, I said, I understand, and that's fine. But when you didn't get your release, talking to Harris now rhetorically, you didn't get the release you requested, you pouted, you sulked, you were disruptive, you uh, left the stadium, um, you disrespected your teammates, you abandoned your teammates. That is not fine. There's a way to deal with that. Um, and if indeed it's just so uh, untenable that you can't, uh, do that anymore, then at least show up, don't be disruptive, and then when the season's over, if you still think you can play and somebody wants you out there, debatable, then by all means go ahead. But you, that's not how you behave. It, and I don't care, we're not, I'm not even talking about pro football, um, I'm talking about any walk of life, any job, if things don't go your way, you do the right thing, you don't try to be fired at the expense of disrupting people that a week ago you called your friends, teammates, and, oh, by the way, the guys who pay your check, who've been very good to him. Stan, if I'm the Steelers, I'd have sent Harrison home. I'd have kept him on the roster and on the payroll, but I'd have banned him from the facility. Uh, I would have not cut him, though, because I don't want him to go to New England. Yeah, I mean, I think that's reasonable. I will say this. I don't know what the union would have had to say about that, and unfortunately, that's always got to be a consideration. Um, what could they have said, Stan? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's in the contract. You can just you know you you can just do that. Uh, ban the guy from the facility uh, unless it's a league suspension. I, I I'm just I'm just spitballing here. I don't know. I think it's always got to be a consideration. You know, people say Tomlin's a players guy. Well, you know, he cut Legarrett Blunt the next day for doing essentially the same thing. He suspended Richard Mendenhall for the same thing when he was leaving. Oh, Stan, Although, I don't fault Tomlin here. Do you? No, absolutely not. I think what happened here, and I'm guessing now, I've been talking to him about it, and he hasn't mentioned it. No, um, he did the right thing. Um, he put up with it as long as he could until it got to a point. Who's, who's, not, who's to say that um, uh, an assistant coach, one of the players, went to Tom and said, look, this guy is, you know, he's, he's, he's bringing us down. Um, I think that Tomlin didn't do what you said because of who James, uh, James Harrison was, not who he is, but who he was. I think he was being deferential to the point where he began to disrupt his team. Look, this team has as good a chance to get to and win the Super Bowl as any of the 12 teams in the playoffs. Yes, as good as New England. Every bit as good, an opportunity. And I think Tomlin got to a point where he sensed that his players were getting upset. Ultimately, that's the 
best barometer is it bothering the players, and based on what Pouncey had to say and based on what some others had to say, clearly it was. And so he said, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. And uh, that was it. Stan, here's more breaking news. Apparently Todd Haley's wife, Chrissy, was also involved in the incident at the bar that led to Todd Haley being pushed down. And the unspoken ad is to no one's surprise. Now, um, I thought the Steelers' backups looked pretty good against Cleveland. And in particular, Landry Jones. He was sharp, wasn't he? Yeah, he really was. Um, and, you know, maybe he's been unjustly. By the way, I know I know Todd's wife. She's I like her a lot. She's nice. Um, but like you said, you know, who gets most of the heat around here next to Tomlin? And that's the offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know what they want, but in any event. Um, I mean, you know, Landry Jones may give us another thought about a credible backup. And I, I, I think you can only look at not only Landry Jones, but look at other backups around the NFL. I mean, clearly Minnesota caught lightning in a bottle with Case Keenum. We saw him here. He didn't look very good, but, he, you know, had a terrific year. But when you look at around the NFL at the backups that are available, maybe Philly got lucky with Bowles. Maybe the Bengals have a good one, and A.J. McCarron if he's around. But relative to some of the other backups, uh, Landry Jones isn't the best of them, but he's not the worst of them either. He's probably not even in the ba- bottom half of the backup quarterbacks um, in, in the NFL. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Ben. I, I think that they may have thought that this would be the year to draft Ben's eventual replacement, um, even if Ben comes back. But unfortunately, and I feel kind of maudlin about saying this, but with what happened with Ryan Shazier, the priority changed. I mean, they've got to be no question. Got to get an inside line. backer. Absolutely, and you know what they'll get because they'll be drafting. You know, in the last. Well, hopefully last, but you know, next to last, or certainly in the bottom three or four, um, if that guy's available, doesn't have to be you know a number one pick either. But um, uh, I, I, their priority has is, is changed a great deal here. Uh, I do think. Look, if Ben were to leave, whatever happens this year, if Ben were to leave, there's going to be a tremendous drop off. Even if you draft, you pull off a trade, which they won't. But even if you draft whoever your choice is, whether it's Darnold, whether it's Rosen... Well, Stan, I think it's inevitable that no matter who the Steelers draft to replace Ben, that Landry's going to start a year or two as the transition guy. That's what I'm, that's what I'm leading up to. That's exactly where I was going. Even if you draft, you, you, you make a trade with Cleveland and you get the number one pick, whoever that guy is, based on the other talent they already have in place, they're going to go with Landry Jones at least for a year, a half a year, um, you know, and you see what happened when they did it with Wentz. You see what happened when they did it with Goff, um, how, how they blossomed. So, I mean, uh, right now, uh, I don't think they would spend a lot of money on a free agent who might become available. I don't think they'd get in the bidding for Garoppolo or, you know, one of those guys. Uh, they don't have that kind of salary cap room to begin with, although if Ben left, they, they would free some up. I think that would be their plan, that eventually they would draft the replacement, but Landry Jones most likely would end up being your your interim piece for a year, a half a year, maybe two years. Stan, as always, great stuff. We'll see you Thursday on your program. All right, Mark. Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That's the great Stan Saverin, the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. He's brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman, the three wise men. Up next, we'll talk to Bob McLaughlin. It's the Mark Madden Show on 105.9. None of what you're saying is reasonable. It's laughable. Ah. You're already dumb. Let's see if you can go to dumber. The X at 105.9.
Joining me now, Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, your thoughts on the Todd Haley breaking story. Uh, apparently, uh, he and his wife were involved in an altercation outside Tequila Cowboys near Heinz Field after the game Sunday, and Haley was pushed to the ground and suffered an injured hip. Uh, nobody knows exactly what happened and who's at fault here, but I think Haley deserves some blame just for being there. A Steelers coach at a bar near Heinz Field after a game on New Year's Day. Not a very intelligent recipe, is it? No, not at all. But it's amazing what is going on with this team this year, Mark. At 13-3, and these guys strive off these soap opera moments. Look at all the incidents you've had throughout this year. There's been something every week that you've been able to, you know, talk about or jump on or discuss. And they just keep getting better and better after each one. So maybe this is something else to propel them into the playoffs. But I guarantee you when we find out what this whole story is, it's going to be even better than what we think it is right now. It's, you know, there are tequila you cowboys. You think we'll find out what the whole story is? I do. I do. Because I think when you, when a coach or a player shows up at a bar, word gets out, people get around there, there's enough people there to know exactly what went. It's probably something as stupid as he wanted to hear Luke Bryant, somebody else wanted to hear uh, a, Carrie Underwood or something at that country bar. It, it's going to be something as stupid as that where people are going to shake their head and go, yeah, that's Todd Haley. <laughs> Don't his, you think? Uh, quite possibly. Uh, his wife has a reputation for being, shall we say, vivacious. Okay. Uh, are you surprised to hear that she appears to have been involved? N- no, because, you know, if you're out with your wife and the wife says something to get, you know, some guys in your face, you got to stick up for the wife, no matter what it is. Maybe Todd said Every something. Time? All uh, the time? <laughs> Every time it's happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a feeling your wife isn't quite as demanding in such a circumstance. Well, let's let's leave. Or does it create as many such circumstances? In you know, so few words, that's none of your business. But um maybe it was him. And maybe the wife came to the aid of him or something like that. But I I'm just thinking when we do hear about what this story is, it's gonna be hilarious. Uh I thought Landry Jones played very well Sunday. And while I'm not looking forward, well, okay, I am looking forward to him being the transition starter when Ben retires, although for a different reason than him having played well right. on Sunday. But 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 don't you feel like that's the plan, Bob? Like he will be the transition starter after Ben retires while they break in whoever they draft? They're not going to let a guy come in and, and start cold as a rookie or second-year guy, are they? No, You know what? Earlier in the year, Mark, when we talked about this, I, I thought it was going to go a different way. I didn't think he would be the guy. Uh, but it makes more sense the way you're – talking about it right now, and what he was able to do in that game against Cleveland. Yeah, he handled the game very well, as you and Matt Williamson talked about in the 3 o'clock hour. He did some good things. He did some real good things. And then the problem with the snap happened, and, you know, that handcuffed him for the for later parts of that game. Maybe he could have done a lot more. But knowing the offense the way he has, he's five years with the team now. Yeah, if Ben retired this year, I think they would start next year with him as the number one. Oh, not just next year, Bob. I'm talking if Ben plays one more year, I think Landry Jones starts the year after that. I would, yeah. If I had to put money on it, Mark, I'd agree with you there. Uh, that wouldn't preclude them from taking, you know, a quarterback in the, you know, draft next year, although, you know, they got to do something with inside linebacker now, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, if I had to put my money, I think that would be one or two years. I don't know, you know, even because of his age by then, Mark, I don't know if Landry is the long-term, you know, successor. Juju Smith-Schuster caught nine passes. Interesting conversation earlier with uh, Matt Williamson, our football guru. Can Juju Smith-Schuster be a number one receiver 
in the National Football League. Because if you look at Antonio Bryant and how much longer he's going to be at this level, by the time he's not, that would be a very opportune time for Juju to pick up that torch. He sure seems to have the tools, doesn't he, Mark? Uh, I mean, everything. He's elusive. He's big. You know, 6'2", 215, 218, whatever he is. He can shield the ball. He can go up and get it. Not not breakaway speed, but you saw in that play the other day. You've seen in the kickoff return. He is elusive. He, he's got a wicked stiff arm. Um, I think he has all the tools to be a number one. Uh, and boy, if something happens with A.B. in the next couple of years, an injury or something like that, um, he doesn't seem like a bad replacement at all. He's really shown that he's stepping into the game. Uh, he's going to be a, a weapon for the Steelers for a while. Okay, Bob, we've got to take this call. This is Chris in the car <laughs> who claims he was at Tequila Cowboys when the uh, Todd Haley situation transpired. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you're telling the truth, but honestly, I don't care. Uh, what happened? No, I have pictures if you want them. They're not all that great. but Oh, I do. Uh, Oh, yes, I do. Email them to me, supergenius at WXDX.com. All right. I walked out onto the patio of Tequila Cowboy a little bit after midnight after they did the ball drop and all that, and some woman comes flying past the door and just punched some guy right in the face. So then all the Pittsburgh police that were there come over and, you know, start swarming her. Todd Haley standing on the sidewalk screaming that that's his wife or whatever. I thought it was just some girl he was claiming trying to get laid because she was acting like a maniac. She punched. No, that was probably his wife. Yeah, well, I guess it is. But he, she hit three different guys in the face, and they were letting her go while he was standing on the sidewalk pulling out his ID saying that was his wife, and they were letting her go. Then she turned around and hit someone else, and that's when they arrested her. And then he started arguing with them. So, so she was arrested. Todd Haley's wife was arrested. Yeah, well, like I said, they were letting her go after she punched the first two guys. They didn't handcuff her until after they were already letting her go. Well, she would have got handcuffed sooner or later anyway. Now, uh, No, they, they told her just to leave. They no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about, uh, never mind. Uh, so, so why did she punch the two guys? Well, that's the thing. I didn't see. They came like from the stage AE area, and she just ran up on the patio was chasing this guy hit him, and then turn around hit somebody else, and then the cops, I mean, to me, they were just random guys. She wasn't saying anything. They weren't arguing or anything. She just ran up and punched him. Like, she chased <laughs> a guy across the street and punched him in the face. Mark, I told and you. turn around hit another guy right in front of the police. And Todd Haley was standing there saying, that's my wife, that's my wife. And he's pulling out his IDs and stuff. So then they told her, they said, well, you can just go. And then when, as soon as she went to leave, she hit another guy, and that's when they arrested her, and then Todd Haley started arguing with them, and there was a, uh, a little loudmouth cop there that didn't like that too much, and he tackled him. So. I don't like it. I love it. Send me those pictures. Super genius. I got you. At WXDX.com. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about my favorite part of having watched a lot of college football, the bowl games, the playoff, uh, the last couple of days. 105.9.